everybody, it's Ashling here and I'm delighted to welcome you all to another podcast. And this podcast actually came about um, following from our wonderful client Owen, who's an adolescent um, who has lost, I think he lost about 18 kilos um, and he was absolutely amazing and so honest and open about his journey and the triggers and what was causing the weight. Um, so we actually this podcast is going to be a series of three um, and we're calling it connecting the dots um, for a reason because it's all about awareness and trying to find out why um, particularly adolescents we're talking about today are overeating in the first place so I am absolutely honored and over the moon and so grateful to be joined for this series by our guest speaker and it's my first guest speaker so thank you Stewie I'm so excited and Stewie's a very good old friend of, of our myself and Paul's also and Stewie Er Stewart is a behavioral psychotherapist and he specializes in youth and adolescents and family therapy and he is the founder of Zest Life Therapeutic Services with two therapy centres in Dublin serving families within the Irish community in Dublin and nationwide. He's co-founder and CEO of not-for-profit Zest for Kids, which is a children's charity working alongside his lovely wife Maggie um, with vulnerable children in Ireland and overseas. Stuart Stuart's work with families and particularly young people is recognised nationally and he's worked with radio and TV including the award-winning documentary series Pony Kids which I've seen and I loved it because I love ponies and horses too I just thought that was amazing well worth a watch guys Um, and he's appeared regularly on TV he is a motivational speaker who engages with young people directly in schools and centres and uh, recently he has been conference host and MC for the Young Social Innovators National Awards, a keynote speaker on the topic of teenage anxiety and his subsequent article dealing with teenage cyber anxiety was published in the Irish Medical Journal in 2016. So um, yeah, he also, as well as all that, recently spoke at the Mental Weight, Health and Wellbeing Summit in Croke Park 2019 and recently held a discussion at the Mental Health and Wellbeing Summit 2020 with world-renowned wellness expert Dr Deepak Chopra on the effects of living during the worldwide pandemic and the effects on mental health. So, wow, I just, that's not, that's only half the bio. So what a man. Um, that's some bio, Stewie. And welcome. And I really mean it. Thanks for taking the time to come into us today because I know you're you're very busy. Um, so, yeah, currently we have a lot of adolescents coming into the, the clinic. Um, and I was delighted that you accepted to come in the invitation and discuss because that is your speciality dealing with adolescents um so we kind of chatted before um this podcast and we were saying to break this down to three topics and these are the three main triggers as we said joining the dots or um reasons that we find adolescents coming into the clinic um are eating comfort eating um so hopefully I'd be delighted to um, hear your advice and your help and your thoughts. Um, And if we start with the first one, which we said we talk about body image comes up, um, low body image, low self-esteem and the influence of social media, etc. I'm finding that 
throughout all the clinics. So um, what's what's your take on that and what are you experiencing yeah, in yeah. your centres? Well, first of all, thanks so much. It's absolutely fabulous to be here and to see yourself and, and Paul. We appreciate the invitation. Um, thanks for the bio. Uh, no matter what anybody ever hears or reads about or anything I've done or anything I've ever achieved or what your qualifications might be, uh, the funny thing is when I get introduced by somebody saying that he's got five kids of his own, it's the only bit I get credibility for, to be honest with you. <laughs> the rest doesn't seem to matter. So uh, the fact that uh, probably some of the things we're going to discuss today not just are we seeing this in our clinics Ashling, but we're seeing, we're seeing this in our homes this is something that i'm seeing amongst my own kids and these are things that are very relevant in all of our homes right now so yeah you brought up the issue obviously of of body image and the um the the, the relevant issues around that around self-esteem and you know who would want to be a young person any young person listening to this today you know it's a difficult world to grow up in right now and it's very very different in the world that uh, i would have grown up in i'm 52 this year and it's a very different upbringing than i would have had so i think we've got to be very uh, real about what it is that's happening to our young people and what their experiences are of that um, and when we find ourselves as parents or even as clinicians talking to young people saying well you know, in my day, we need to stop ourselves because it's a very different day. And you and I probably talk because we know the world pre-social media. We grew up in that world. Um, we know what that was like. The young people listening to this today don't know the difference. So we see two worlds. You know, we see the social media world. We call it the real world and the online world in many ways when I listen to and talk to parents. And it's just the world for our young people watching this and we seem ancient to them when we talk about the cyber world or we talk about the online world it's it's just their world so i often say to parents we need to roll up our sleeves we need to get down and get dirty and get into it and, and find out about it and, and know what's going on and understand the pressures on our young people right now because it is very very different um, and i know we're going to talk about body image and the context of that but it's probably one of our greatest um growth areas increase areas from a mental health perspective in seeing in young people and obviously with what you're experiencing here in motivation it's incredibly impactful on young people's lives and how they see themselves how they perceive themselves what they think of when they see them and um, their world and, and them in their world uh, is very very uh, difficult for them in in these days so I think body image is, is one area we need to talk about. And if we if we start into that, actually, in some ways, I'd probably start by using the word the culture in which they're they're growing up, which is, as I say, very different to ours. But we've created this culture and an environment in which they're growing up, which is a pressurized world and an instantaneous world. So everything that they uh, see, they can get very, very quickly. Anything that they want, they can um, throw their hand to very fast. There's a competitive, competitiveness attached to that. Um, and I think, forgive me for saying this to the parents who are listening, but I think we have fed this to a degree. And we've had different, various different sides of parenting over the year where we've, we've, we've watched our children closely or we've wanted the best for our children, probably because um, we've come from the pain of knowing what it's like to have to be without many of us growing up in Ireland, going back 20, 30, 40 years, and we want our kids to have everything. So there's a, there's a goodness and a kindness behind it, but often I think we add sometimes to the pressure. Um, and I think that's something that we need to kind of be aware of and understand. So the, so the culture of our young people growing up, um, I've, I've four girls and one boy, and we used to think that body image is an issue relating to, to girls predominantly, because that's probably what came into our clinics um, probably 10 years ago 
very different now, Ashling, and we're seeing literally where it's one in four are boys, and body image has become such a significant issue for them. For them, and again, the pressures of what they look like, what they should look like, boys as well as girls, is is incredibly difficult for them. Um, so I think that culture we need to be aware of. We need to understand it, and rather than moan about it as parents and say, "Oh, it's ridiculous," or "We shouldn't be worrying about that," or you know, or even saying to them things like, "Oh, you're you're gorgeous, you're amazing, you're, and you're wonderful. Don't be worrying about anything." That's just not relevant for them because, of course, they're worrying about it. They're being reminded of it everywhere. Um, so I think that's a, a significant issue that we've got to address and look at. Um, this, the social media aspect we'll, we'll tip onto in a minute because it's so huge but I think also then from the culture in which they're growing up everything that our young people are seeing right now is in their face is constant and is reminded when I was growing up if you wanted to if you wanted to see uh, you know the, the incredible physique of a man and you were a boy and you wanted to kind of go gosh that's what I'd look to like look like after weeks in the gym or this is what I, you, had to, you had to go out of your way to find a magazine in a shop somewhere that was too 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 expensive to buy but it was available but you sort of you saw the chiseled looked guy and you thought oh gosh that's a, these kids are seeing that everywhere all of the time and they can't get away from it. So their perception of what a real man or a real girl looks like is totally distorted, totally inaccurate, completely irrelevant, but they're being forced to be fed this to believe that that is the only way they should look. And we see so much um, uh, pressure from then other kids and in some ways contained with adults uh, as parents, but we see so much pressure in other kids to be that way. And for other kids are very hard on each other to point out that they're not or that they should be or that they're eating too much or that they shouldn't be eating. And the pressure continues and continues. I get terribly disturbed by adverts that I see for uh, young people to have to view. And if, you, if you're in the Instagram world and you'll see the different types of pop-ups that come up all of the time, they're again advertising what should look like and so what you should look like and what will get you there you know and as we know it's why i love what motivation offers is that um we look at the psychology of this we don't just we don't just talk about um how to get there we talk about why you need to and why it's good to to assist ourselves from the inside out as opposed to anything else so it's difficult isn't it yeah yeah <laughs> there's um, a lot in it <laughs> i'm thinking when you say stewie that um the social media and this is something I myself experience as a parent and, and I'm sure you do too the whole thing of being on their mobile phones and I heard you recently speaking about mm. this as well you know and parents come into us in the clinic and they'll say that you know do I take the phone off them you know how do do I use that as punishment or whatever um, and you know and I think one thing we say is behaviours are passed on um, and for sure, you know, I'd say to parents out there listening as well, I have plenty of adult clients who are giving out to their, their, their children for being on the phone and I see them come in here, they're bringing their children and they're on the phone 24-7, constantly the whole time that they're, they're here in the room. Um, so behaviours are, are passed on, that's so important. But I think also, and I heard you speak of it before, to get away from, how do we get our children away from being on their phone, mm. away from this? As you say, we're bombarded with it, we're surrounded. How do we get them away? And I would encourage parents also listening to be the example and go and bring them exercising. Mm. You know, get, and I think you said this in another podcast I heard that is, is so important. And we say it to, to parents here with, with adolescents, go, you know, you go, 
say come on let's go for a walk what would you like to do let's go for a cycle you get out on your bike you know and you go and 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 go somewhere local you go for the swim you go to the beach um and then do it together because in my experience adolescents are crying out for that um and they may mightn't be able to communicate there to me a lot of the time there's a communication issue um, between the parent and, and we'll talk about relationship with parents in another podcast but for sure be the example so there's no point us as you say giving out and saying social media and you know and or even you know even myself I would do it I don't mind that's filtered mm-hmm. you know which I do think is important you get that message across if they're younger but to be the example you know there's no point saying don't be on your phone and I'm on it the whole time so I you know I don't know have you any other advice for for yeah I think look you've hit on a really important thing and I, I don't want to suggest sound today like I've got it all sorted I've five kids I'm struggling with this in my house right now we all are yeah. so the reality of what we know and then the practicality of what we try to apply is very important to try and link up and I've I've kids from 29 down to 10 my youngest has just turned 11 so it is difficult to manage however you're absolutely totally right these aren't childhood or adolescent issues these are household boundary issues and very regularly i would have parents communicate and talk to me about the uh, the fights or the upsets over phone usage and we hear addiction being mentioned all of the time now we're not even getting into the categorical diagnostics of addiction here mm-hmm. but but generally speaking if we were to actually really go down that route we would see that our children are addicted to these devices um, and with that and I see it particularly in younger kids with that becomes the inability to think straight other than to get the device and we start to see that develop into patterns of other addiction in other areas as well because addiction in one area leads to addiction in others at times and you will see that from the, 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 the sedate lifestyle of an addicted phone user becomes and can quite often become an overeating issue as well they lead to each other so we've got to role model this and it's not easy because we are connected more all of the time and i know that's changing legislation is even changing around that now about the usage of phones at home and work expectations etc but we're guilty of this as parents and we're guilty of of spending hours scrolling on facebook or instagram and the numbing effect which is important because years ago the numbing effect came from sit watching the tv now tv in one ha- one aspect of it we have to understand the neuroscience behind this tv from the context of numbing so just zoning out you know mm. wanting to not be present is fine um, but the biology of the television what it does to our neuroscience from the context of watching tv is it has me- megapixels it doesn't have a backlight it's not affecting the central nervous system in the same way that watching a screen with a backlight will so again an ipad a phone a, a computer laptop they will affect the central nervous system they will overproduce cortisol in the central nervous system and what do we do when we increase our cortisol we get stressed our, our serotonin levels drop which is our moods when our serotonin levels drop and our stresses are high we go to comfort the brain goes down a route which has to of least resistance and that route turns into coping strategies and coping, one of the coping strategies that we're talking about obviously is overeating or going into another kids don't have the developed brain to understand this in, in the context. Any kids listen to this, don't take that wrong. You're developing all the way through until you're 25, mm-hmm. until you're fully in your cortex and you're, you're, you're established your patterns, right? So it's developing all of the time. So they're reacting from the emotional brain. They're reacting from that sense. That's, that's correct and proper. When kids are in that zone they, and they're stressed, I call those red zones, by the way. Anybody who listened to my podcast will hear me color them, <laughs> just so we keep yeah. them straight in our heads. Red zones are where kids 
sort out their emotions, right? Now, they're what I call the mayhem zones. They're the reactional zero to 10 upset angry zones. They're the frustration zones. That's when the, the young person might come in, drop their bag and not want to talk to anyone and take off. They're the, 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 the zones where they work out their emotions. They don't have the cortex to sit down and talk it through rationally and go, hey mom, I want to talk to you about this for five minutes. I had a little bit of an issue in school. This is kind of coming up for me. Can you work this through with me? Can we verbally process it? So that at the end of this, I can actually, you know, not lose my, my, my rag and I can get, deal with this issue. I don't know many adults who do that, never mind young people, okay? They're working out of the red zone behavior and that is their, the context that they're in, which is not their fault, it's neurodevelopment, is to bring you as mom or dad into the red zone with them. Now they can get all of those emotions out, all of those feelings out, and as a result of that, they process the emotions. When I say to parents, what normally happens after a red zone, you know, what, what, what happens? They go, look, it's calm and it's nice and peaceful and then we sort it out and we have a nice chat. I call that a green zone, right? Now, wouldn't it be great if we could do things in green zones? Because actually that's where all the growth is. Wouldn't it be great if we could do things in the green zones and not need the red zones? Now that's life, it's normal and we're gonna have them. Mm -hmm. But what we often work with parents to understand is we actually cause an awful lot of the red zones. We don't do it on purpose. We're not setting out to do it, but we do it by inadvertently doing small things that annoy the kids and pull them towards red zones. So we help parents to understand what that is. The, the, the emotions of red zone reactions lead quite often. Now, this sounds a little bit psychologically strange when I say this. Very often kids will create red zones, they don't even know they're doing it, to then need the, to a, re a reactional space. There's consequences from red zones. Mm -hmm. Usually the consequences, just say they were somebody, you know, you're on your phone too much, that leads to a red zone fight. Usually the, the, that then goes into behaviors and consequences from that, which is eventually the phone gets taken, there's screaming and shouting, everyone gets upset, somebody storms out, uh, it leads into, an, now there's consequences of the red zone. It's got nothing to do with the trigger who brought, that brought us into the red zone in the beginning. What we try to do is to create understanding around that because kids will sometimes, young people in particular, into our adolescence, will create the red zones so that they can go to the coping strategies that they've always used, like overeating, like storming out, like going for a run, like whatever the coping strategies are that they might use, they nearly bring you into the red zone because that's the outcome they want. They don't even necessarily know they're doing it because they're not working out of the cortex, but they're working out of the reactional brain. So if we as parents know this, because we do have a rational brain, we're fully cooked. Yeah. <laughs> we're 25 plus, you've got a cortex, you're, you're working out of the rational thinking, decision-making part of your brain. We can understand that when we get those feelings, we can override them. Because that's the same feelings, reactional feelings as panic attacks. That's the same reactional feelings as low mood, depression. That's the same feelings as overeating. That's where anorexia or bulimia or any of the other issues, that's, what they, that's where it attacks. And we, I use the words rather than bad behavior, we creatively adjust our behavior to meet our needs. And it's that creative adjustment that will lead us into coping strategies that are, that are maladaptive, then they don't work. And they mm. lead us back into the same consistent red zones. Mm. So I think for parents, if we understand it, what we're, I'm hoping that your listeners get from listening to us today is not that we've worked it all out and we've got it all going on. I'm struggling at home with these things just the same as everyone listening is. But that actually, if we kind of talk it out and understand and create awareness for ourselves, we can see, okay, so actually my teenage son or my teenage daughter, they're just being a teenager and they're reacting in this way. I'm not on my own with this. Every other household is the same. I always say to mums, you're going to get the worst of them and the best of them. And us as dads need to know our roles. I know we'll come on to that with parenting. But when it comes to these areas of social media, we've got to lead the way. This is not a case of, well, I'm 
52 and this is the way I do things. It's okay for me to be on my phone 24 seven. That's not acceptable. We've got to lead the way where we're saying this is a household boundary issue. And we put phones away and we eat at the dinner table. We put phones away and we eat breakfast together. We put phones away at 10 o'clock, whatever the agreed times are, age appropriate, because every age is different. Because we've got to be the first to say, I'm putting my phone down too. And I have certain times of the day where I'll try and do that. Now, when kids have gone to bed, I might check in on things because I've a bit of work to do or something. But when we find ourselves just aimlessly scrolling and then we're giving out to our kids, sorry, but we really need to step up (laughs) and realise we're role modelling inappropriateness. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, listening to what you're saying, if you throw... Um, puberty and hormones and everything into into the works as well and um, you know body shape is going to change um, and and the whole thing back to the body image um, wow there's a lot, there's a lot going on there but do you know what from listening to you um, you know and I think again of, of clients and and I know you do this in your centers as well a lot of it so much of it when you talk about the red zones and the green, green zones and creating a red zone for a reason for a purpose so much of it if, if we were to simplify that to me comes back to love yeah it doesn't it really attention like it's it's i remember reading a book on psychology of children years and years ago and it talked about the mona lisa smile mm-hmm. that a child will when they're very small be so bold they'd rather get a slap then no attention at all. So and and then when even when they got the slap, you'd see one side of the smile is up and the other is down. So they're putting or you don't see the smile part. They're they're happy that they got attention of some kind. So I think really, you know, we're talking about behaviors been passed on, but overall for the body image adolescents you're right are going through so much and i'm like you stewie i have three girls um so we've hormones everywhere same with guys obviously in in your house um but it is about talking it through isn't it if my if my girls say you know do do i look okay in this or i'm not happy with my bums big or whatever Mm. but of course they might have heard me say that to to paul (laughs) paul does my bum look big in this (laughs) say yes i'd say no (laughs) i'll kill you if you say yes so again we're talking about you know where does the whole besides social media um you know be careful of we've so many parents recently someone said to me you know i have struggled with my weight and i never had that chat with my daughter i had issues and i never had that chat um and then the there's an understanding you know which is love and care and i'm doing this because i love you so um yeah so guys you know there's a lot um as we're both saying we're not the perfect parents we're just going on our experience um and it's it's lovely to lovely to share it um so yeah we have um that's one of our topics um covered for body image and self-esteem and i hope that you listeners have found it helpful um, both parents or adolescents listening and you take something out of it and Stewie thank you so much again that was really interesting I'm always fascinated I hear something new every time I talk with or hear you which is great so thank you so much and we look forward to um, listeners to another podcast Stewie thank you so much for coming in pleasure thanks so much